my mother had an adventuresome spirit. She was one who did not back away from trying new things. About 20 years ago, 20 years ago, it was 4th of July weekend, and my parents, my brother, and his wife and I were up in the area around Grandfather Mountain in Georgia. So Georgia in the far northwest corner has this little point that sort of gets it real close to Tennessee, and it's a beautiful part of the state, just gorgeous with lots of mountains. And so we were driving around together just enjoying the scenery when Mom and my brother Merritt decided, let's go hang gliding. Neither one of them had been hang gliding before, but it's something Mom wanted to try. And we found this place that did what's called a tandem hang glide. And so you're placed in this harness that's strapped to the instructor himself. And so you go up, and he's in control of the, of the glide, but you're strapped to him. And so that's what Mom and Merritt were going to do. And they didn't have them jump off the side of a mountain. Instead, they had them on this, this trolley-looking thing on the ground. And the hind glider was connected. I, I honestly don't know the name for these things, but... You know, the thing where you're in a chair and it's got the fan blade behind it and it lifts you up into the air, there's, there's a glide on the top of it. So, so this guy drags mom along the ground and lifts her up into the air and then you're disconnected from the chair thing and you're up with the instructor. And from the airfield, they were right above us, we could hear mama laughing, we could hear her talking and I think she shouted War Eagle at one point up there from the, from the hang glider. When she came back down to the ground, she had an amazing story to tell us. That while she was up in the clouds, they saw a rainbow. Not like rainbows we see, this was a full circle. She could see a full circle of a rainbow, and the hang glide instructor flew her right through the middle of it. She got to fly through a circle of rainbow. You talk about a once-in-a-lifetime moment for her. What, I mean, I honestly have never met anybody else who has said they have hang glided through a rainbow circle. Rainbows affect us no matter how old we are. No matter how old we get, we will always love rainbows. Rainbows cause us to stop, to pause, take a picture, point it out to friends, you got to come look at this. Some of us, I'm sure, we chase down to see if we can see both ends of it. How far can we see? And, and we reminisce about the time we saw a double rainbow or, or something like rainbows. Rainbows just capture our attention. They hold us. They have us freeze for just a moment. And maybe that's part of the reason God gave us rainbows is so we would stop and think about the one who could create something so beautiful. So beautiful. Our scripture today talks about the covenant that's surrounded by the rainbow, that the rainbow signifies. Now, a covenant is an agreement. It's not too much unlike a contract, but a covenant defines a relationship, and it defines responsibilities and obligations within that relationship. So when you hear the word covenant, I want you to think of the word relationship. It was on July 5th, 2015, my first day here at the church. My first day here at the church. And a part of that worship service, we read and proclaimed a covenant together. We established a covenant between me as pastor and the congregation of this church. We recognized that the bishop had sent me here 
having discerned God's will, not just for this congregation, but for the surrounding community. And I was placed here. And in that covenant, I agree to my job description. And my job description has four parts. That I am to be the administrator of the business of the church. That I'm to preach and teach the word of God. That I'm to faithfully stand over the ordinances of the sacraments, baptism and, and communion. And then I'm also supposed to craft a vision and lead the congregation in the service and ministries of this church for the community and for the world. That's my part of that relationship. The congregation then as a part of this covenant agreed to remember their vows to, to uphold the church through its prayers, presence, gifts, and service and to take on praying for me. We established a relationship with each other. We said these are, the, these are responsibilities, these are the boundaries, these are the obligations of our relationships and we're establishing it with each other. And because we made that covenant within the presence of God, asking God to be a part of it, it's a three-way relationship with God, the pastor, and the congregation. Now, those of you who were not here that day, who have joined the church since, you made a vow as well to uphold this church with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. In other words, you said, I'm going to be a part of that relationship. I want to be a part of that covenant relationship. And because... We are a part of a relationship that involves God. It's a holy and a sacred covenant with God's presence in it. That is an example of a covenant. Now, the covenants that we see in Genesis and Exodus are slightly different. These are God-initiated covenants. God draws up the covenants. God decides what the responsibilities and the obligations are. And it's not like we have a voice to negotiate on this. There's, we, we don't get to say, oh, well, you know, I like this part, but not that part. We don't have that. God says, this is the covenant, this is the responsibilities and the obligations, and we either say yes or no to those covenants. The one that's marked by a rainbow, we call it the covenant of life. We call it the covenant of life. There are two other covenants in Genesis and Exodus. One is the covenant of the land in which God promises the Israelites the promised land once they come out of Egypt and they settle and the second is the covenant of the law that God makes with the Jews in establishing the Israelite nation. So we've got three major covenants in Genesis, Exodus, Genesis and Exodus, life, land, and law. And the life one is signified with the rainbow. God says in Scripture that when God sees the bow in the clouds, I love that, the bow in the clouds, that God will remind God's self what the covenant was for. That the rainbow in the clouds reminds God that God will never again destroy life on the earth through floodwaters. In other words, God sees the rainbow and God says, I value life. I value life. The rainbow comes at the end of the Noah story. So what is the Noah story? Noah was... Long time ago, long, 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 long time ago. Noah was before Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who are considered the patriarchs of Judaism and Christianity. Noah was before that, prehistoric. That's where Noah was. And what was happening is humankind, let's just say, wicked, doing evil things, stuff they weren't supposed to be doing, and God was fed up. God got fed up with humankind and said, that's it. Had enough, time to start over. 
And God tells Noah, I want you to build a boat. Now you're going to need to make this boat big enough to hold your family and a whole lot of animals, and we're going to call that boat an ark. So Noah built an ark, and the rainwaters came, and they 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 came, and the flood lifted the boat up with Noah and his family and a whole bunch of animals. It rained for approximately 40 days, maybe a little longer, and then the flood waters remained for a year, maybe a little longer. Noah was on this boat with animals for a year, floating on the flood waters. And when the waters receded, the boat sat on top of a mountain. Noah, his family, and all the animals left, and God said to Noah and his sons, I will establish a covenant with all life on earth that never again will I destroy the earth, destroy the life on the earth through flood waters. When God sees the bow in the clouds, God says, I love what I created, and I value the life that I created. What does the rainbow remind us of? When we see a rainbow in the clouds, what do we think of? For some of us, we may go back to science class, and it may be about light and refraction and prisms and colors and all of that. For some of us, it may be a time as a child trying to chase the end of the rainbow. Some people may think of leprechauns and pots of gold. Some of us may see the rainbow and say, oh, God, you're awesome. Thank you, God. Did you know rain is required for rainbows? Did y'all know that? Rainbows often follow thunderstorms. There has to be moisture in the air for a rainbow to appear. That means we don't get rainbows on sunny days. We only get rainbows on rainy days. So when we see that rainbow and we think, oh, thank you, God, we're saying thank you for being with me through this storm in my life. Because, see, the story of Noah is not actually about rain. The story of Noah is not actually about a flood. The story of Noah is not actually about the animals. The story... Y'all pray with me. Dear God, we pray for those who are having to work on this Sunday. We pray for this engineer who's going by. We pray that you be with him and his family. Give him the financial support he needs for all the hard work that he or she are doing for their family. And we are just grateful that you are with us today. Amen. The story of Noah is not actually about the water or the flood or the animals. The story of Noah is the story of deliverance. It's a story of redemption. It's a story of salvation. It's a story of grace. It's about God loving the unlovable. It's about God redeeming the unredeemable. It's about God delivering those who were being wicked and being filled with evil. The story of Noah is about a God of second chances. The story of Noah is about humans not doing the stuff they're supposed to do and a God of second chances, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chances. We do things wrong sometimes. We mess up. Other people mess up a lot. Sometimes you've messed up a lot in your life. Sometimes you've messed up a little. Sometimes it's been big. But when we see the rainbow, we can say, you know what? This is a God that loves me even though I mess up. And that rainbow tells me that God is with me in the storms of life when everything's falling apart and I've just done really wrong and stuff's falling apart around me. And thank God 
we worship a God of second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chances. The covenant in Scripture is the covenant of life. The other two covenants of land and law, God made with the Jewish people, with the Israelites. Those covenants were specific to a particular group of chosen people that God made that covenant with. This covenant of life represented with the rainbow is for all people, for all time. Actually, it's bigger than that because God made the covenant with all of the animals as well. It's a value of life. It's with the animals, with the dogs, the cats, the giraffes, the iguanas, mosquitoes, chiggers, all of them. God made a promise for all people, all time, all life upon this earth. In other words, this covenant of life is yours. This is your covenant with God, that God loves you, that God values your life. Therefore, the story of Noah is your salvation story. It's the beginning of your salvation story. Last week, I said that this week we would start again with the narrative lectionary. The narrative lectionary gives us scripture readings for each Sunday during the year, and it starts at Labor Day and it runs to Memorial Day. And I just want to refresh our memories of this narrative lectionary. It assumes two things, that the natural time in our society is based off the school year, so that's why it starts in Labor Day. And then also we can no longer assume that our friends coming to church, coming to pews, sitting in the pews, know the stories of Scripture. And so the narrative lectionary sets out to tell the story from beginning to end, to tell the Bible story from beginning to end. And so we begin today in Genesis. But then why are we beginning at the ninth chapter of Genesis with Noah? Because the stories in the Bible, the Bible is a salvation story. So we are beginning with a salvation story. We will spend all fall in the Old Testament, and then beginning at Christmas, we're going to spend time in Matthew through the winter, and then we're going to close out right around Memorial Day. And what we're going to do is we're going to start in Genesis, we're going to work all the way through. And we're going to be telling a story, the Bible story, which is a story of salvation. Noah's story isn't actually about a boat. It's not about a flood. It's not about animals. Noah's story is a story of redemption, a story of salvation, a story of grace, a story of deliverance. When God sees the rainbow that God places in the sky, God says, never again will I destroy the earth and the life upon the earth through floodwaters. When God sees the rainbow, God says, I love life. I value life. Your life is valuable. You are valued. God values your life and God loves you. When we look at the rainbow, we are reminded, hey, I can mess up and God is with me when I do. Thank God I worship a God of second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chances. This is your story. This is your story of salvation that begins with deliverance and ends with the ultimate Redeemer that we have, the love of God in Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.